Well, is it time for David Poyle and the Nashville Predators to gracefully go their separate ways? That's a million-dollar question. We're going to look at why maybe Poyle should stay and why he should go. And we asked you this question. We are going to get to some of your comments. Plus, same thing goes for John Hines. A lot of credit goes to him for how well the Preds played this year. But is he the best fit long-term? We'll go into that. Plus, look at some of the NHL playoff action last night. Coming up today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Are we ready to bring the spice today? <laughs> Are we ready to bring the spice? Like We can both have come into this episode a little saucy to begin with, and then we're going to tackle this topic. So who only knows what's going to happen in the next half hour? This This could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, we've already missed the great Nashville Twitter war of uh, the last oh. four hours. Uh, Come on. It, it seems like anybody who remotely covers the Preds with a blue check mark in their name uh, apparently are entering their names in the great Nashville Media Royal Rumble when it comes to David oh. Boyle and John Hines. Yeah, it's it's been a whole thing. And it, you know, you just sometimes you just got to sit back and watch. It has been a whole thing. It started with um, a particular radio personality, and I use that term loosely, you know, kind of criticizing management and saying some things about how Preds-affiliated media are biased and not critical. Well, it snowballed. It's... And let me put it like this. I mean, if if there's any, there's one person in that argument who was let go reportedly for being a little too critical in some of the Bally Sports owned Twitter thread. So, you know, there, there's that. I mean, here's the thing. I think multiple things can be true here. You know, I, I think yes. it's fair for first off like let's just get the elephant in the room out of the way yeah you know what people like chris mason hal gill willie donick are going to be overly optimistic about the nashville predators because that's what the nashville predators want them to do and you know we talk about you know teams kind of controlling their narrative and, you mm-hmm. know, we see a lot of teams have this sort of in-house broadcasting. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of work from like local TV stations anymore or local outlets, you know, outside of maybe the athletic. Um, and that's because a lot of teams and not just in hockey, but around sports are opting to kind of have their own 
um, you know, media department. They can have the podcasts where they ask the players all the questions. You know, they have all this behind the right. scenes stuff. And you at, you see people, you know, that work for the team kind of championing in this. And it's like, look how great it is that, you know, what we want to say isn't distorted. But it also leads you to situations like the one we saw last night where, you know, sometimes you just have to call out the team for not playing well. And I don't think somebody mm -hmm. like Chris Mason or Willie Donick really have the freedom to do that in a, sort of a blunt way. You know, they kind of have to look at the, you know, the rainbow at the end of the pot of gold, so to speak. You know, they kind of always have to mm -hmm. find the silver lining. And that's why I think a lot of people you know, are kind of critical of the Preds broadcasting department. And I don't blame Chris Mason at all. Like, I really love Chris Mason as an analyst. I love how yeah, he's terrific. And I think Willie Donick mm -hmm. is great. But they're yep. going to be very limited on what they can say about this team. Like, let's get that out there. And I see I, I, see, I see you kind of furrowing your brow. So I feel like you have a yeah. counterpoint to that. Here's kind of my counterpoint to that in this particular situation. I think you are right that, you know, they are storytellers. They are, they build a narrative and I understand that, but they also, A, have the access to have a better handle on what's going on. The other thing is I do feel like that they are critical of things when they need to be. I just think it's not the kind of critical people want. For instance, the radio personality, and again, use that term loosely, who was kind of part of this original thing, screaming into the void isn't the only way to disagree. It's not the only way to tell a story. It's not the only way to push back. It's not the only way to... Um, voice criticism. And I think the media sometimes here in Nashville, it's about volume and not content. And I don't, you know, I feel like, you know, we look at these four playoff games that we all had to sit through that were excruciating in many ways. And I feel like, you know, Chris Mason and Willie Donick, I feel like you know, they called it what it was. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, they didn't rage. They didn't scream, you know, while they were calling this game. But I feel like they were upfront and critical about, hey, this team is doing this wrong. This team is doing this wrong. Just because they don't do it at a volume that is showman, that is P.T. Barnum. Right. I don't feel like, I don't feel like the criticism of them as they're not critical of this team or they're not presenting a, a real picture of this team. I just don't feel like that's accurate. I, the one thing I don't like from Chris Mason is this kind of, and he responded where it was like, you know, you're member, you're part of the media. You don't know more than, you know, the people who are around the team. Um, where sometimes as we've seen in the past, you being part of the team, you being part of the narrative is what's causing the team to go downhill. Like, you know, for, for all the people and, you know, in Vancouver, you know, all the mm -hmm. people who were saying, no, 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 this is we're going kind of in a downward slope here. And everybody's like, no, you don't you don't trust Jim Benning. Like, you know, look at, you know, we have all these really smart hockey people that work in the front office. And then look what happens. Like they just 
do what the media said they were going to do every single year. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, the media is right all the time, um, but I didn't like that sort of narrative of, you know, we work for the team, but we know what's going on, you know, behind Mm -hmm. closed doors. And it's like, well, we know what's happening on the ice. And, you know, I, I get it. Like, not everybody is going to have the same opinion. Like, my opinion of what the Preds need to do this summer is probably different than yours. Um, yours mm-hmm. is probably different than, you know, the, the person involved, uh, who's is different than Chris Mason, clearly, who's is different than Chris Martell's. And it's ultimately probably all different than what David Poyle or whoever is going to wind up doing. So mm-hmm. I, there's all these different, you know, sort of ideas and opinions. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the performance on the ice. And clearly what the Predators are doing on the ice is not translating to being successful. I would agree. Cut and dry. It, you know, it's not translating into being successful. This franchise has not won a cup. They've been to the finals, but you know, it's been a rough couple of years since then. But I also think you can measure success in steps and there's a patience to it that mm-hmm. I think maybe you have to factor in as well, but no, I, 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 you know, I think it's the media's job to, talk about the on ice product and point out here's something going well here's something not going well i do have a problem in the situation we're talking about where you have a person who pays little to no attention who misspells players names when he tweets rage tweets about yeah. them in all caps oh i'm not um, him in the least bit. oh i know yeah yeah i know so i'm like you know you're not I, I feel like I sort of, you know, if you're going to start a fight, you're who I'm going to dismiss. Not because, you know, I think Chris Mason, et cetera, have a completely unbiased view, but because you just don't have the knowledge. You have the volume. You just don't have the knowledge. So, but I agree with you. I mean, there's different ways to look at it, you know, and you look at this predator season, there's different ways to look at it. There are a handful of things that you can say went really well for the Nashville Predators. But in the end, the result is, holy shit, we got swept in the playoffs. In in not a very close way either. Oh, it was horrible. You know, but I, you know, you, you have, there's nuance to it. Like you said, two things can be true at the same time. Yeah, there's, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think everybody involved um, had some points and have some things that probably mm-hmm. disqualify their arguments a little bit. Um, it's just kind of weird. They gave us some entertainment for a little bit on was, Twitter last night. It was not boring. It was yeah. not boring. Yeah. Uh, nothing about uh, anything that's been going on in the Preds world is boring <laughs> because, of course, the big no. talk around town is what is going to happen with David Poyle. Has his time run out? Has he earned a little bit longer of a leash than a normal GM would? So we're going to talk about that, whether we think it's time for the Preds to move on or not, and maybe what's one or two things that go into that decision. First, though, I want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens and their new 
product, AG1. I use this product every day. I started taking AG1 simply because they sent it to me for free as part of this ad campaign. I was very skeptical of it. Uh, looked weird. Uh, wasn't like crazy about any like the powders and stuff at the market, but I started taking it just for giggles and I'm glad I did because as soon as I started taking it, number one, it tastes great. Uh, it, I get it. It's green. It doesn't look like it might be appetizing, but it, trust me, it tastes delicious. Like a great vanilla flavor tastes just like a no, a normal smoothie you would make in the morning. And I noticed since I started taking it, I have more energy throughout the day. My mental focus doesn't crap out halfway through, uh, unless I stay up till two in the morning, recapping hockey. Um, it keeps me going and yeah, like I am glad that I started taking this. I'm a big believer in AG one. So you may be asking, what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG one? You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. Right. They got a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, pretty much, yeah, everything. Uh, if you're balking at the cost, don't. If we break it down, it costs you less than $3 a day, which I'm guaranteeing you is probably less than that Starbucks run you make every single morning. But most importantly, it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for your body. So to make it easy, if you want to try it, Athletic Greens is giving you one a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, and the big talk is David Poyle. Oh, yeah. The only GM the Preds have ever had. Uh, and now, you know, after all these years and kind of the disappointing runs over the past five years or so, uh, he is kind of under the microscope. More so, I think, than we have ever seen. And let's face it, anytime anything would go wrong, whether the Predators would lose a game, you know, or do a trade that people didn't like, hashtag Firepoil has been trending for forever. And I feel like it's lost, like this whole concept of David Poyle stepping down has sort of lost something in the fact that it's sort of the rally cry when things don't go right, you know, smaller things don't go right for the Nashville Predators. But we're at a time right now where this is the the most significant pushback, significant pushback, not just angry fans, you know, kind of a, a pissed off phrase. This is a significant conversation happening around Nashville. And the first, it's really the first time where I feel like this, it's its time, like it's time to take a really hard look at David Poyle as the GM and where this franchise is going and if he is the person to lead it. And I think there's a lot, I mean, there's, there's some debate about that. Well, and it's more and than just the play on the ice, too. There's other factors of that. So a lot right. of people are saying attendance um, has kind of slowly been dripping. Smashville doesn't really have that same presence anymore. 
Uh, and that's not all on Poyle. That's on the ownership also, because uh, there mm-hmm. have been a lot of missteps, I think, with ownership um, after that 2017 Cup run that pissed off a lot of longtime fans. Um, you're also mm-hmm. dealing with, yeah. you know, Nashville has a great section of hockey fans, like a tremendous section of Nashville Predators diehard yes. fans. But it is still kind of a bandwagon market. And it's like that for the Titans too. Fans are going to show up, get loud and get packed when the team is doing great. Um, But, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, if the Toronto Maple Leafs or Montreal Canadians suck and you turn Mm -hmm. on the TV and you listen to sports talk, the number one talk around town is why do the, why do the Maple Leafs suck? Why do the Canadians suck? Why is this so bad? If the Predators suck, you know, as if we can remember back in 2013, 2014, it's worse. They just don't talk about the team at all. Right. Yeah. So I I guarantee you there's people walking around Nashville who are like, is PK Saban still on the team? (laughs) Is he still there? Oh, what about Pekka Renee? Is Pekka Pekka Renee still there? Like the, but oh the, that's goodness. that's the type of market the the Preds are in right now, and it's that's probably not going to change just based on the nature of Nashville as a community. So mm-hmm. that when you're starting to see things trend towards that, you know we have mentioned it. A lot of people online have mentioned it. You know, it seems like the Nashville Predators online presence, you know, is kind of getting less active. Um, less vocal, mm-hmm. fewer people are kind of, you know, consistently checking in throughout the season. Um, right. That's noticeable. And part of that is just due to the product not really inspiring, exciting levels of confidence right now. And that's where we go to David Boyle. Yes. And I think it's almost easier if a team is tanking and in a just a bare bones basement rebuild mode than they are where the Nashville Predators have been where it's like are we in or are we out you know we've got one foot in one camp one foot in the other camp you know we talked about competitive rebuild we've used that term all season long that's direct from David Poyle the result of that is it's very murky what that means, what direction that goes. And nobody knows how to set an expectation. And part of the problem this season is there was an expectation at the beginning of the season based on comments made by David Poyle. And there was, you know, performance midway through the season that seemed like it's time to change expectation. And then you get to the end of the season and, you know, this Predators team limped to the finish. I mean, this season ended with a whimper. Um, So it's difficult when you put this um, kind of hazy descriptor on what's happening. And it's also difficult when the on-ice product can can be looked at as mediocre. Now we had yeah. great record setting seasons for players, but you can also kind of look at it and it's mediocre. And it's almost better if you 
start from scratch and, and, you know, you're terrible or you're really good. It's that mediocre area where Nashville has sort of floated around yeah. off and on. I mean, there was the 2017 cup run, 2018 president's trophy, but you know, they sort of kind of titles. been two straight division titles, but then there's sort of this first round playoff thing that's been happening since 2019. And, it makes you wonder if there is a clear direction from the team. And here's the thing. There may be a clear direction from the team, but it is not, if there is, it is not being communicated to fans. It is not being communicated well. And that counts. Like it matters that people know what, what the expectation is, where the direction is heading. And David Poyle just has not been good at setting that. Do you think David Poyle, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, it, it almost feels like there is pressure on him from above to win right now, to be exciting, to get butts in seats and have those butts be very, very loud during the game. Whereas he, you know, is more of like, I don't know, like, I really think that, you know, maybe we should start investing a little bit more in the future because, you know, you look at where the Predators are going back to the business side. Uh, remember COVID? Remember that whole thing? Oh, yeah. That wiped remember out. Remember that whole thing. That cost the Preds a lot of money, I'm sure. They're just trying to recover. And Smashville hasn't really been as full as it was, you know, mm -hmm. back in those prime, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017 days. Um, yes. And, you know, I think maybe there's pressure on David Poyle to, you know, maybe go for it. But that's but that's my thing from Poyle is then why haven't you if that's the case and you go for it and you fail at least you have, you know, that kind of buffer above you where you can say, well, you know, we went for it uh, because, you know, our business model was we want to be competitive. What's happening right mm -hmm. now is you're not moving in any direction. You're keeping the status quo and the status quo is not good because let me tell you something like Matthias Eckholm is depreciating in value. Roman Yossi mm -hmm is in the prime of his career, but over the next few years, he is going to depreciate in value. That's not anything like predicting a collapse or anything. That's just, you know, how numbers NHL yeah. business works. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, it's, you're losing time to kind of make up your mind here. And we talked about this last year where it was, it seems the Preds are at a crossroads and they're not sure what direction they want to go for the last really two years. They haven't gone either direction on that crossroads. They have been sitting at the intersection, like sobbing, waiting for somebody to basically take their hand and lead them down their road. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, you don't want to tear apart a team that right. is, you know, was on the verge of a Stanley Cup a few years ago. And, you know, they won the President's Trophy the next year um, and we're off to a, heart, a hot start. And all of a sudden, all these big investments you made are scoring and putting up, you know, record numbers. 
So I get it. You don't want to tear it apart. But if that's the case, then you got to give them some help. Like you have to make them competitive. You have to go, okay, like we have, if we're, you know, if we're not going to win it, then we're going to try because we're going to try to invest and get us closer. I would, I agree with what you're saying. I want to push back on just one little thing. And I think you and I will agree on this when I, if I can explain it well, is I feel like inaction is an action when it's a decision. Like but, we but talk about David. Working. Yet. And I don't know that it will. And here's, here's why I think I would be okay with the predators not doing anything at this trade deadline. I would be okay with the predators, you know, not making big moves necessarily. If I felt like I knew why, you know, inaction is a decision. There will be a point in time where when the Nashville Predators commit to a rebuild, David Poyle or whoever the GM will be, there will be times where the best action will be inaction because there are some things that just take time. The problem with it now is I don't, there's, we don't know that this inaction is leading to anything. I love your analogy. They're sitting at the crossroad. That's what this feels like. There feels like there's not been a decision and you can't be, you can choose to do nothing and that can be a wise choice if it's part of a decision. I don't know that the Nashville Predators and David Poyle have made a decision on where this team is going. And that's where they're going to get stuck if they don't, you know, as my grandmother, God bless her, used to say, shit or get off the pot. Yeah. And do you trust Poyle's vision? And I think that's what this whole mm. argument comes down to on whether or not Poyle should be back. Um, because if he is not here, you know, it, or, or if you don't trust that he is the man who is going to give you what you want as a franchise, then it's time to move on. And here's the thing, because I've seen, and we'll get to more on this in a second, because I know we got to break, go to break in just a minute. But, um, you know, I think the last word I kind of want to say on, on this part of the argument is, you know, I've heard a lot of people saying it's like, oh, well, everybody's forgetting what he's done for this franchise. And this is disrespectful to no. all of that. But it's, it's not, because again, this goes back to what was our thing earlier today? More than one thing can be true. You can put David Boyle yes. as one of the most important people in this franchise history. You can appreciate mm -hmm. the work he did as GM uh, to bring in some phenomenal players, made some of the best moves. One of one trade is considered the, one of the best steals in NHL history. Philip Forsberg for Martin Erat. That's considered yeah. maybe one of the top three or five trades of all time. And, you know, so we appreciate him for that. But at the same time, there can also be a point where you're like, okay, we appreciate everything you did, but it's time to do something else. Like this, we need a different way of thinking. You know, we saw it with Barry Trotz, phenomenal coach, yes. led the Preds to led some Preds teams that had no business being successful to a lot of success. Peter Laviolette changed the identity of his team, was a phenomenal coach, better than I think in retrospect people give him credit for now. But when he was fired, 
it was time. Like, I think everybody right. knew, okay, we need something else. Um, and that's, I think, maybe where I'm at with David Poyle. You know, it's a lot of great moves, set this team up for a lot of success over the past two and a half decades. But maybe it's time for a different vision. Yep, I think. And, and yes, I think you're right. We're going to kind of finish. I want to tag on to what you're saying here in just a minute about David Poyle. But we do need to take a quick break and let you know that this episode's brought to you by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I wanted to jump in just real quick and, and tag on to what you were saying about, you know, two things can be true at the same time. David Poyle can you know, he has been a phenomenal general manager. Timing matters. And the other thing is building a team is a little bit of a different skill set from rebuilding a team. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenny Rogers says you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And, and there's a skill set in that. And, you know, David Poyle has done a good job with this new franchise, but he may, it may not be his skill set to be able to make the decisions or to set this team up for a rebuild. And that's not a criticism of Poyle. It just might not be what he is good at doing necessarily. And and here's the thing. We also haven't seen him commit one way or the other, so we don't know that. Right. But I do want to say that if the Predators say we need to rebuild, we need to really commit to kind of restructuring this team and the direction it's going, David Poyle just might not be the right person for that because that's a skill set. Like that's very different than just managing a competitive team or building a team from scratch. And so that's an angle that I think you have to look at. It's not it's not the same as just coasting with a team. Yeah, that's that's very interesting, too, because there are some GMs who, you know, their default. We saw it with Stan Bowman. Uh, we saw it with Ken Holland at the end of Detroit, where it's just like, you know, he all he knows is kind of just how to take a team on the up and up and build around them. He may not be the right. best person to kind of tear things down and start from scratch. And that's fine. Yes. Um, you know, there, there's very few GMs that have been able to both successfully kind of tear down and rebuild while also maintaining them as a great team so that's Mm -hmm. that's a very big i mean the the two you can think of right now are steve eiserman uh when he did it with tampa bay and joe sackick you know those are those are kind of the big two ones that come to mind so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what direction the predators will go in either way i don't think this is a decision that is going to be taken lightly um i think the owners really are going to take a very long look at this um it's it's according to you know i think it was 
I think it was maybe Alex Doherty that reported this, but basically it sounds like David Poyle's contract is just kind of like an automatic renewal at the end of each year. Um, right. So it's, it'll be interesting to see if anybody, you know, kind of opts out of that. Um, yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, on the other. Do you think Poyle will be back? Do you like, do you think he'll be back? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm landing too. Yeah. Yeah. The should, the should <laughs> and will are, are two very right to that equation. Two different questions. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. We also put this uh, question on Twitter, by the way. We, we put out a tweet uh, that says, should the Predators part ways with GM David Boyle? 82% of you said yes. So I think we, wow. we kind of know what the overwhelming sentiment is. Um, yes. On, yes. The, on the other side of that, and John Hines, uh, that was the source of the big fight we talked about earlier. Um, yes. This is a little bit different case because mm -hmm. I think that he has probably earned, truthfully, another season or, you know, at least yes. in a couple of seasons to see where he can take this team. Um, again, like, I don't think you can judge. A, you know, a person's entire scope of their tenure based on just one thing. And yeah, you know, I think John Hines' decisions down the stretch should certainly put him under the microscope a little bit. But I also don't want that to overshadow what he was able to do this season. I mean, he unlocked uh, the full potential of a lot of players. Mm -hmm. um, and he has done really well at kind of helping some other players kind of find their mojo and find creative new ways to use. He needs to be better with younger players, I think, that, and maybe that is going to be an X factor towards any coaching decision down the line. Yes. But, you know, all in all, would you say that John Hines has probably earned another season? I would. I would say that. I feel like John Hines does not get enough credit for what he walked into and how he's walked it out and the success that this team has has found. No, the team has not um, gotten into the second round of the playoffs. They're not where people feel like they should be, especially with the individual performances this season. I understand that. John Hines came in and gave this team what they needed, which was a clear vision, very specific path forward and they needed that and I I think they will still need that especially if this team decides that they are going to kind of bare bones down to the studs something you know moving forward with a rebuild I like John Hines a lot mm -hmm. I like him a lot I think he's a great coach he's a good young coach he has a clear vision I think he communicates well he has you know we talk about the locker room clean out yesterday, every single player spoke very positively about Heinz. And of course they're not going to come out and be like, he's, you know, he's an idiot, but you can read between the lines enough to know that they really genuinely respect him. And I think he has earned the right for another contract. I, I would not, the, the fire Heinz truly mystifies me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It mystifies me. Uh, no, he didn't, get the team to correct things like penalties down the line. And, and that was, you know, part of what doomed the Nashville Predators. But two things can be true at the same time. You know, he can have done some amazing things. He could still have some challenges. I just don't get the fire Heinz movement. I don't get it. There is one caveat. 
if you get a new general manager, then that makes things a little bit more complicated. That GM may want to bring in their own coach. And I understand that. Uh, The only coach that would be acceptable to me to bring in would be Carl Taylor. But yeah. that's a whole nother discussion. I feel like that's <laughs> kind of an overwhelming uh, sentiment from Nashville fans at this point. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I agree. I feel like Hines is probably tied to Poyle. If Poyle's back, I don't see John Hines going anywhere. I would be shocked if the Preds mm-hmm. move on from him. Um, shocked. Yes. If, if a new GM comes in, maybe somebody from the outside like, you know, I think John Hines is safe if something happens like David Poyle retires or resigns or something like that or gets mm-hmm. promoted to executive vice president of whatever, you know, those those yeah. things where it's like, hey, we we like having you around as a figurehead, but please don't touch this team anymore. You know, yeah. some, somebody yeah. like, um, you know, either Scotty Nickel or um, uh, Brian Poyle step up and be the new guy, I think that's probably the case. If ownership goes a completely different direction, then I would say either Hines is, you know, I still think maybe he's earned another season, but I think Mm -hmm. he is going to have a lot shorter of a leash than he would. Yes. um, You know, if Poyle was here. No, I would agree with that. I, I really would like to see Heinz stay. I think people have been critical of Heinz because how quickly he came in. And I think a lot of Nashville media and fans felt like they, the Predators maybe didn't take advantage of an opportunity to make a huge change. But John Heinz, I think, is the guy for Nashville right now, barring a change in general management. And I'm here for it. I'm here for keeping Heinz. Yeah, I think I am too. I think that's, I think he's definitely earned another season and kind of interesting to see what he can do with maybe a different looking roster next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'll uh, be interesting. Mm. For sure. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of a lot of us, it's a lot of different stuff for us to just kind of vent out <laughs> in the universe there. Yeah. We did good not to argue too much. That was we great because we came into this a little saucy. We did come into this a little bit saucy. Uh, This is also my last episode for a week. Uh, I will be out of the country, so we will still have Anne's beautiful smiling face here every single day. Um, But yeah, yeah, just just keep in mind for that. I know Anne has a couple of great crossovers planned for tomorrow, next week. Yes. So we've got lots of great stuff coming. If you are following the playoffs tomorrow, I'm going to talk to a couple of my locked on counterparts about why Nashville Predators fans may want to jump on the bandwagon with their team next week. We're going to look at prospects. We're going to look at some statistics from the season. We've got tons of content, so make sure you stick around. Absolutely. And uh, where can the fine people find you until then? You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com as well. Uh, also, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment. Helps other people find this. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. As always, we will be back tomorrow with more Preds talk.